Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today, December 4th. As uh, always, if there is information that becomes available intra-week, you can find me posting it on either X or Twitter or on LinkedIn. Let's get started. This presentation has been prepared by me for use with you, whether you are an investor or a financial advisor. Regardless, you are expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There is no recommendation for the purchase or sale of any securities. Well, we had a phenomenal week for equities, a phenomenal week for bonds, and a not so phenomenal week for economic data. It's the softening economic data that is causing markets to rally because the belief that the economic data is softening means that inflation is coming down. And with inflation coming down and data softening, the Fed will be done raising interest rates and likely the next move will be an actual interest rate cut. Interest rate cuts tend to inflate asset prices. And that's why you've seen such a big rally here in the last few weeks. Let's get into some of that economic data. New home sales for October were down 5.6%. That was worse than expected. A lot of that is inventory, and a lot of that is high interest rates. FHFA, Federal Housing Finance Agency, price index rose though, six tenths of a percent, and house prices are still up 6% uh, year over year. If you live in, out in San Diego and Southern California like I do, the numbers are even higher, making it more difficult for first-time homebuyers, but making it a positive um, for long-time homeowners who look at balance sheet, of course, uh, rather than prices they're not trying to get in. S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index also rose. It was a little less than expected, about 0.7%. The estimate was for 0.8%. Here, homes are up about 4% year over year in value. Uh, pending home sales for October, though, were down, and it's the lowest level on record. So the volume of home sales, the volume of transactions is very low. If you have friends that are in real estate or mortgages or title uh, or inspections, they'll tell you how bad business has been um, this year. Uh, we go back to 2001 to have levels this low. What was happening in 2001? Well, we were coming off the dot-com bubble and ultra low interest rates of the late 90s, late 1999, because of the Y2K where we cut interest rates and cut and cut and cut. And then we had to raise interest rates as we've been doing the last two years. Very similar pattern and path there for pending home sales. Limited housing inventory is significantly pre preventing housing demand from being satisfied. So that's why prices are rising because there just isn't a lot of inventory out there and available on the market. We got conference board's consumer confidence reading for the month of November. You can see there's a little pickup, just a little pickup there, froze from 99.1 to 101, but that number for October, 99.1, was actually revised lower. The prior print had been 102.6, so that was a little worse than expected. Present situation fell a little bit, future expectations up a little bit, really not much to see there. The big word last week was this GDP report. And I think you know, the commentary 
the financial news, the discussions on the trading desks. Wow, what a big number. And it was third quarter GDP originally reported at 4.9. The revi revision took it to 5.2. That was higher than the consensus estimate of 5.0. That's a pretty significant GDP print. What was positive and really great about that print was business investment was revised higher. Unfortunately, so too was government spending. And the only reason I say that's unfortunate is because it's done with the expense at the expense of a current year deficit and an accumulation of debt, which is the, the single greatest financial threat uh, that I think we face at this point. Personal consumption was revised a little bit lower. And personal consumption in the end is the big driver. So that's why I wasn't excited, as excited about the 5.2% print as maybe everybody else. Sure, happy about business investment, not so happy that consumption was revised and not so happy that the increase came from increased government spending. And put it in perspective, take a look here. The green bars are actual GDP prints that we've got. Uh, these are the quarter over quarter annualized percentage increases of so 2.6 back in Q4, to 2 in Q1 of this year, to 2, excuse me, 2.1 in Q2, and then there's the big print we got last week. But the quarter we're in and almost done with, today's December 4th, it's you know, nearing the end of the fourth quarter. Based, and this is consensus estimate, we have a lot of the data already, so it's fairly accurate, 1.1. That's really where we're growing. And then if you look to Q1 and Q2, we're just barely above the zero line. And it's seeing these numbers and these estimates come down to near recession levels, right? We'd need negative two quarters in a row and there's other, you need an official declaration, but that's kind of the rule of thumb, two quarters back to back. And we could potentially get there. And that's why the market's rallying, not because, oh gosh, we see this going down, but Oh gosh, we see this going down and the, Fed, and the Fed has ammunition and tools now. They could be essentially cutting interest rates. They could be cutting interest rates. We got initial claims for unemployment last week, rose a little bit from 211 to 218, still very solid. I always tell you if it's below 300, the jobs market is healthy. The jobs market's been healthy for the last two years. We got below 300 in October of 21. But continuing claims for unemployment are still on the rise. And this is another one of those things where I say softening data, pointing to a weaker picture. Yet again, I get it, the equity markets continue to rally. Continuing claims for unemployment a year ago were running at about a million four. That's pretty good for an economy with 350 million people. Just in September, the number was about a million six, million six, million seven. Today, based on last week's data, which was for the weekend in November 17th, we're at a million nine. It wouldn't at all surprise me to see us above two million here for continuing claims in the coming weeks. Now, going from a million four to over two million is significant, significant enough that would question if the Fed has a dual mandate, which is price stability and full employment. Now, weekly claims are low, the unemployment rate is low, we're gonna get an employment report this week. But the thing that will kick up before those other numbers turn poor is this, and it's starting to do that. Okay, personal income for October was up two tenths of a percent along with, in line with expectations, personal spending also up two tenths of a percent. 
and really good news on inflation. The other reason that the markets rally, the markets rally, that the Fed doesn't need to hike rates to fight inflation. It has hiked rates. The balance sheet continues to run off. It is inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomena. And if the money supply is contracting and interest rates are higher, we're seeing obviously both core inflation, that's the red, and headline inflation, that's the blue, come down. In October, the PCE price index was unchanged. Zero inflation, expected to be up a tenth of a percent, and now 3% year-over-year. Core, more important, was up two-tenths in line with expectations, three and a half year-over-year. That is not enough, right? The Fed wants to be down here at 2%, which makes me, we're going to get the very next slide we're going to get to is expectations for where Fed funds rates going to be throughout next year. But it makes me think that maybe the markets are a little too optimistic of when the Fed might start cutting. We really, the Fed really wants this to be below two because it gives, you know, as you can see back here, it was always kind of below the target and they started hiking rates when we got to the target. So don't think we're gonna start cutting rates right away unless those job losses start to increase. This is from, the, from Bloomberg uh, data that I pull. It's called WIRP, World Interest Rate Probability. And I took two dates. I took this morning, just a few minutes ago, and I took uh, November 24th, so a week ago, Friday. And what were the odds based on positioning of large institutional traders at a Fed meeting date of a rate hike or cut from where we are today. And a week ago, there was still a 5% chance, roughly, that the Fed would hike interest rates on December 13th. That has evaporated. If you go out a couple of meetings, let's go to May, there was a 29% chance. Environment, excuse not me, that's more data coming in. Uh, in May, there was a 29% chance for the May meeting of a cut. That's now up to 71%. So these, you start looking May, June, July, September, uh, almost virtually guaranteeing the markets are betting. It's not 100%, but it's pretty darn close uh, to rate cuts next year. My personal opinion is the market's a little too optimistic because of that core PCE inflation number and because unemployment's still at 3.9%. So it's not unlikely. It's not unlikely that we could get, you know, a rough GDP number in Q4, Q1, Q2, and unless and unless employment unemployment's going higher, while inflation stays above 2, you, you get the picture, right? We we need the <laughs> we need the inflation number to come down before the Fed will start to cut is the bottom line. We also got S&P Global's U.S. manufacturing PMI last week. Anything below 50 is contraction. Manufacturing remains in contraction. As you can see, it's been there for some time, but that's about 15% of the economy. We'll get the services readings this week. Uh, they have remained above 50. Services is more like 85% of the U.S. economy. So just a little bit, just barely in um, contraction from S&P. The ISM reading solidly in contraction, 46.7. The estimate was 47.8. New orders up, but still in contraction. Production went into contraction and employment stayed in contraction. All of this in manufacturing.
let's see, we also got a report on construction spending in October, gained six tenths of a percent up, you know, almost 11% from a year ago. Lots of economic data this week to talk about. We've got factory orders coming out this morning, expected to decline. The services that I talked about expected to still be above 50. Those would be tomorrow, along with the JOLTS report, job openings or JOLTS, 9.3 million. Expected to be down from 9.5 the prior month. But you remember a year ago, these, were, these numbers were 12 million. Then we're going to see the, uh, the big employment number from ADP, expected the economy added 120,000 jobs Friday, November non-farm, that's the Bureau of Labor Statistics number, 190. Uh, labor costs expected to go down, unit labor costs that is. Uh, trade deficit, subtraction from GDP expected to go up. Weekly claims, good number. Consumer credit expected to be a good number. And then no change expected to this unemployment rate. And this is why I think the Fed is not ready to cut those rates as early in 24 as the market is suggesting because they still have this essentially full employment. However, if the unemployment rate starts to rise, gets into that mid fours, as long as that core PCE number is still lower and moderating and approaching the two, then I think it's possible that we could see a Fed uh, rate cut. But I think the markets were just a little too optimistic last week. Nothing to do about it. It just is what it is. We'll watch the markets. Don't forget this is available as a subscription with the slides, charts and graphs, or as an audio podcast on any podcast format. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll be back to you again in one week.